0: Today, we have Crystal Profit, who teaches entrepreneurs how to start, launch, and market their podcast. So excited to have Crystal here. Welcome.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: You guys, I have been wanting Crystal on this podcast forever. And so she is very sought after and extremely busy. So I'm like, I will wait a month. I'll wait two months. It doesn't matter. I just want you on here. So (laughs) finally, today is the day. Um, So Crystal, let's just kind of jump right in. If you want to tell us a little bit about you, your background, and kind of how you got to where you are in your business today.
1: Yes. Okay. well, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that we found a date that worked for both of us. And I'm glad that we're here because I love talking about podcasting. Like, I tell everybody I'm the geekiest person when it comes to creating content and thinking of ideas for entrepreneurs to share on their podcast. But, like, I'll go back a little bit in history, but I won't take you back to like, you know, I was born on, you know, (laughs) none of that stuff. But I was in the corporate world as so many of us were, right, like we start out in corporate and then we decide it's either not for us or we have lifestyle changes that come about. And for me, we ended up moving for my husband's job and I had the opportunity to no longer work in corporate. And I said, I'm just going to stay at home with our kids. And I had this idea. This was also around the time Pinterest was really popular. So I was like, I'm going to be the Pinterest perfect mom. I'm going to be the best stay-at-home mom that there is, which obviously was a terrible idea because there's the comparison and all the things. And I wasn't good at the PTO meetings, and I'm like, okay, this isn't for me, I have to find something for myself because it was all about the kids. And I thought, well, what happens you know, when they go to school and I haven't done anything for myself. And so I started exploring different things. I started writing and journaling. I started blogging very unsuccessfully, I love to tell people, because I'm like, I was not one of these, oh, I'm a six-figure blogger right out of the gate. No, 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 that was, no. I think my mom read my blog, and that was (laughs) probably about it. But on that journey, it really helped me find my passion, and that was really just helping other people. And so when I started my podcast, and that's kind of funny, is I saw a blogger I'd been following for years. She started a show. And I thought to myself, well, if she could do it, I could do it. Like, it was the first time I'd had that because previously I'd only listened to podcasts that were people that had multi-million dollar studios or they had teams of people all behind them. And I thought I could never do that until I saw someone else do it. So I started my own podcast and then people started asking me questions like, well, how did you do that? How does that work? And is it complicated? Is it hard? And so that's when I stepped into the space of podcast coaching, but it wasn't really until of May of 2019 that I went all in. I rebranded everything that I had already had in existence. And I stepped into like very nervously of just calling myself a podcast coach and helping people with their podcasts. So that was kind of a long-winded version, but that's what I've been doing. I've now published, let me see, I think I've published more than 300 episodes between my uh, weekly podcast and I also have a daily podcast. So like I said, all things podcasting, I'm in it. I love it.
0: Oh my goodness. I didn't know that you had a daily one too. How do you fit all of that in? Batching. Yeah. <laughs> mm. that, is, that is the key.
1: So yeah. if anybody's listening, you don't know what that is. So batching is I batch plan my episodes, I batch record, I batch edit, and I batch market all of my episodes. So it's not what most people would look at in terms of, I don't sit down and record for seven hours one day. And that's like a few months worth of podcast. I prefer to work on like a monthly basis and really go into the content. And um, I mean, this was before COVID, right? Like All things changed after COVID Mm -hmm. (laughs) because batching doesn't work as easy as it used to with kids at home and crazy schedules. But batching has really helped with content creation and planning and everything like that.
0: Yeah, no, that's super smart. We do uh, similar and also with our um, social media and all of that, you know, is what we try to stick to. But it's funny that you mentioned COVID because we launched this podcast in March and and it was quite interesting. So I had wanted to, um, you know, create a podcast And same, I was like, I'm gonna be super smart about it. I'm gonna be super strategic and I'm gonna, you know, have a bunch of episodes in the can and then I'll have a bunch, you know, like I'll launch with a few, then I'll have a few out. And then COVID hit and I'm like, people, if I release these episodes, I will come across as the most tone deaf person in the universe. I can't, you know, (laughs) like people don't care about this right now. And so we had to completely shift, you know, and that's kind of how. You know, the format of our podcast came about was because now we're largely, you know, kind of in, in an interview podcast. Like, like, I would say 95% of our episodes are us talking to other entrepreneurs. Like, how are you dealing with this? Like, you know, like, what, how are you wearing your business? Like, what's going on? Rather than me so much educating others directly, you know? So, right. So, on that, like, it, how has COVID impacted? Your format or what you're doing, because my goodness, it's still here. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm just curious on like, you know, have you had to shift, you know, in certain ways to keep going or what's going on?
1: So it's funny because I actually launched my daily podcast in March as well. Okay. It was at the end of March. And the reason why is because I had big plans, right? As we all did. We're yeah. like, 2020 is the year yeah. in January. We right. were like, this is gonna be it for us. Yes. Like this is we're gonna make everything happen. Mm-hmm. And then everything did happen that has happened so mm-hmm. far. And and what I did is I realized I didn't want to promote, so I have a course about podcasting, and I did not feel right promoting it because it was a higher price point to my audience. And so What I had thought about for a long time was creating a membership. And what I always dreamed of was having this kind of like a test kitchen. You know, we think of like a chef that's like, okay, I'm just going to go play around in here and just see what happens. And who knows what's going to come about. And that's really what my daily podcast, it's called The Potty Report, which is so (laughs) funny. You have to go look it up just for the logo. I love my creative designer. (laughs) It is a chick sitting on a toilet and she's looking at her phone. It is the, it's, that's it's my personality. Like I just think it's so funny. That's so so good. that's the <laughs> Jaylee podcast. But I created it because I wanted to show everybody the behind the scenes because a lot of podcasters, and Aaron, you might know this in interacting with other podcasters, they keep everything very close to the chest. Mm-hmm. Like as far as how many downloads you're getting and how many listeners you have on a regular basis. And so, I wanted to show members of my community this is actually what's possible, not something in theory, not something that other people talk about, because this is for everybody listening. A lot of podcasters fluff up their numbers in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to let them know, like, hey, like, I'm going to launch this and we're going to do it at the same time. If you want to launch with me, I'm going to show you how, like, what's possible. And so that's kind of how that came about. But For my regular podcast, I will have to say, in March and in April, it it took a huge hit, and it was because nobody was commuting. No, uh, The whole world was in chaos, right, Mm -hmm. in March and April. And then everything kind of picked back up in May, dropped back off in June and August, and it's just now starting to find a rhythm. And I think it's just everybody's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Everyone's had to adjust to whether they're not commuting anymore or— their workouts look different or whatever that means for them. So mm-hmm. does that answer your
0: question? Yeah, totally. I Has there, has the, the way you deliver the subject matter changed at all during this or not so much?
1: I would say that I have shifted a lot more to, I, I mean, I teach a lot on my podcast, but once you really deliver like the meat and potatoes, right, you have like four, five or 10 core episodes of these are the main things you need to know to get started. Once you've done that, you have to ask, okay, now what? Like what are, what are we supposed to talk about now? Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about the core things because I do half solo and half interview with my format. Um, and so what I've realized is my audience wants stories. They're like, okay, we get it. We know what to do. We know where to go to get the, the core foundation of the podcast Now we want to know, well, what success has someone else had whenever they've tried this? Mm -hmm. Or if I apply this to my podcast, what's actually going to happen? And so it's more just digging into not the theoretical things, but the actual things that happen for other entrepreneurs just like them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like all of us. We all want to see, like, I'm not the first person trying this, so what has somebody else done? Like, they want to sit on the sidelines for a second and be like— can you show me proof that this worked for someone else, right? So that's what I've really been focusing on
0: the last few months. Yeah. And what what has worked for you? Like so what kind of drove you into podcasting and what were you hoping you were going to get out of it? And have you, (laughs) or has it been sort of like, oh, now it's this?
1: (laughs) So it's funny because it has been an evolution in time. So I launched my first podcast. Um, It was something totally different. It was called The Rookie Life. And I had a previous blog, like a previous brand that was related to the word rookie. And so I kind of went all in on that. I was like, I'm going to start this podcast. And it was about inspiring other female entrepreneurs. Because I just, I sat down and I said, okay, I'm gonna start a podcast. What am I gonna talk about? And then I realized, well, I have all these incredible women in my life who have done awesome things. So I wrote all their names down. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna ask them. And if they say no, then that's a sign I shouldn't do this. (laughs) It's like (laughs) I was giving myself an out. Like, okay, if they say, if they're not interested, then this is the dumb idea. I can just move on with my life. But of course, they all were like, this sounds amazing, yes. And so that's how I started that podcast. But then over time, it evolved into me kind of hearing the same story over and over again with entrepreneurs. And while I loved hearing their motivational and inspirational stories, it kind of just felt the same. It was like Groundhog Day. And then when people started asking me, well, can you talk about podcasting specifically? I thought, well, that's kind of weird. I'm going to talk about podcasting on a podcast to other podcasters. <laughs> like it just sounded like this whole like Russian nesting dolls thing and then I was like, "Sure, why not? I'll try it. If it doesn't work, I'll go, you know, but I committed to doing from May of 2019, which was last year, to December. I was like, I'm going to try it out. If it doesn't work, we'll go back to the drawing board, but thankfully it's really taken off and I have just had so much fun. Like, it it gets me so giddy still to this day when someone will tag me in a Facebook group and they're like, oh, you need to talk to Crystal Prophet about mm-hmm. podcasting because she can help you. And I'm like, ooh, what's your question? <laughs> like, let's talk about this. This is so much fun because I just want other people to know that you can do it. It is not that hard. It mm-hmm. is not hard. We have built this thing up in our minds that, oh, it's equipment, it's software, it's scary because we don't know it. And what I always tell people is, you didn't know how to use Microsoft Word, you didn't know how to use PowerPoint, and you didn't know how to use Facebook until you started using it. So you don't have that excuse anymore. You can Mm -hmm. figure out podcasting.
0: No, for sure. I think it's everyone, a lot of people see it as this intimidating thing. You know, It's that scary thing over there in the corner that that I I've heard about but I don't know about and so it's just going to stay there in that corner. Yes. So like what do you so I'm sure that there's many people listening who are who are thinking about starting their own podcast. So like what kind of tips do you have for people who are first starting out? And then, you know, what kind of equipment do you recommend that they start out with? I'm assuming simple is best, you know, but you know, just kind of glean some light on on that so maybe take the intimidation factor away.
1: For sure. So I, like you just said, keep it simple. And I would highly recommend setting a budget for yourself. What can you afford? Because some people on the spectrum, they're like, oh man, like I could easily drop $500 on podcast equipment. I'm super cheap and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I didn't, especially if I didn't know if it was going to work. That was the big thing is I was still very nervous about like, what if what if I hate this? What if I turn it on? I listen to myself, and you have those days. Do you remember? Like when you would come home, this is how it was in my house. We had a voice, voice box, voicemail machine, whatever, in our living room or in our, it was in our kitchen. And when we would come in the door, my mom would hear herself. It's like, oh, you've reached the Blair household. And just like, oh my gosh, no, turn it off. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it. That's how most new podcasters are. They hear themselves and they're like, I don't wanna do this, I sound stupid, nobody else is gonna like my voice. And so I had all of those thoughts. So I started with a $20 microphone that I got on Amazon. Now I will tell everybody, if you're looking at prices in the time of COVID, everybody is at home, working from home, they're doing podcasts from home. So prices have increased a lot with podcast equipment, but you can still find very affordable microphones that are USB. And I mean, they just plug straight into your computer and you can get started with that. But I got to be really honest, I still record podcasts right on my phone. I will open up the voice memos apps, record on my phone, and that is good enough as well. So just get scrappy and start with what you have. If you make it about... The equipment or the software, then your message gets diluted down, and people are like, "Well, what's the point of listening to the show?" So I always tell people, while the equipment is important, focus on the value that you can add to listeners, and that so much more outweighs your
0: equipment and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point of like just. Dart. Like it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be the right time. You're never going to have all the knowledge, um, especially if you're not doing it, <laughs> you're not trying. Yes. So it's just put one foot in front of the other, and the rest will come. I mean, you know, that's a good point of like, you know, I just op- you know use my phone, and then we have like Jenna Kutcher who says that she still sits in her closet, you know, and it's like, and she's multi millionaire person, so it's like it does run the gamut, and it's just like exactly what you said, start with what you have, and then go from there for sure. Um, are there like, I don't know, any kind of pitfalls or mistakes that people should try to avoid that maybe that you've learned along the way or that you've seen others kind of go through?
1: Aaron, we don't have time for five <laughs> hours of me telling you all of the mistakes that I've made, uh. but <laughs> I will hone in on one very important one, and that is not spending enough time launching now i have especially in the time of covid where everyone is like i just want to start a podcast i want to get it out there so i support that if that is the type of momentum that you need is i just need to get it out there and get it started and then it's almost like your audience is your accountability partner you're like you know you've ever had like a workout mm-hmm. buddy you're like oh i know that other person they're waiting for me at the gym so Dang it, I gotta go too. Mm-hmm. So that there are some in entrepreneurs that need that, that I just need to put it out there. But for the rest of you, I highly recommend that you set a date to launch your podcast. It could be in a month, it could be in six months, it could be in 2021, but I want you to pick a date and stick to it. It's just like, come hell or high water, you're gonna put your podcast out on that date and start talking about it. I want you to start talking about your podcast when you get your microphone in the mail. Take a picture of it. You know, you get your Amazon box and you're like, oh, my podcast equipment has arrived. You know, I'm up to something and share it on an Insta story if you don't want to put it out there. But start talking about your podcast from the very beginning because then you're going to have a built-in audience ready to listen on day one. Like, you're not going to launch to crickets. And I always tell people it's not about the numbers, it's really not. I could care less about the downloads, but what's really important is remembering that every single person, every single download is somebody that you're, like you are reaching that person on the other side of their earbuds, on the other side of your microphone. You are actually talking to someone. And if you only have, Ten people listening, imagine having 10 people sit around your kitchen table or have a hundred people in your house. I've had someone say, I only have a hundred listeners. I'm like, I don't know about you, but I do not want a hundred people in my house. Like that is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have to remember that. There are actual people listening on the other side and don't make it all about the numbers.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's super, super smart. So I think people are all like, Well, what's the point? And this isn't working. And so I think it takes time as well, you know? So you have to be patient and give yourself time. And I think that there's some stat out there that it's like usually within three months people are like, and done. <laughs> you know,
1: like <laughs> So the magic number is fifteen. I always tell my clients, members of my community, it's Get to episode fifteen because you would be absolutely surprised. There was a stat; it was uh, the Nielsen marketing like research company they did last year, and it said most podcasts die and go into the Apple Podcast graveyard at like episode thirteen or fourteen. Mm-hmm. So if you can just get to fifteen, then you will have surpassed so many other people that just give up and they quit. And I think it's all about managing expectations, like. What are you actually trying to do? Because I teach people to use their podcast as the marketing arm of their business. Like this is how people will connect with you and get to know who you are and know your silly quirks. And that doesn't mean you have to share all like air out your dirty laundry and like like share all your intimate details. Because I've had people ask me, well, how can you be vulnerable on a podcast without telling personal stories? And I say, well. Think about the emotional journey that you've gone on. So Aaron, like, okay, I, I told you, I warned Aaron before we started recording. I was like, I'm going to put you in the hot seat while we're recording, but can you share a, some of the emotions that you went through whenever you
0: launched your podcast? Oh, for sure. I mean, I was super nervous. Like for some reason, I had this bug of like needing to launch a podcast. I don't know where it came from, but I was like, this, needs, this is going to happen. I talked about it to Joey forever, you know? And then- I was like, okay, we're doing it in March and then (laughs) COVID it. And so, um, but you know what? We could have been like, hey, oh, it's COVID. Things are crazy. Let's just put it off, you know, because it was a really uncertain, scary time. I always laugh because uh, it was the day before our spring break here when um, COVID, the, the shutdown was happening, right? And so, like, it was March, it was Friday the 13th. And I got a call, and someone was, like, one of our attacks, my friends were like, are you sending your kids into school? Because, like, the first two cases in Travis County have been reported or whatever. And I remember, like, they tacked on an extra week to our spring break. And we're like, whoa, an extra week to our spring break. It's crazy, you know. And and then we'll be back at the end of March. It's cool. And, no, it was crazy. So we could have just been like, we're going to put that off. Like, forget it. This isn't the right time. Um, And we had, in our heads, for some reason, we had – had this vision of people coming into our studio to record. So my husband is a a musician, and so he has, like, the studio set up, which worked really well when I was like, hey, I want to do a podcast. (laughs) So, but we were like, okay, we're going to have local entrepreneurs come in, and we're going to talk to them and all this. Well, obviously, that can't happen anymore. So then we're like, we got to figure out Zoom. Or we got to figure out something. And I will tell you, Crystal, like, I... We tried out a few different platforms before we landed on Zoom. We didn't know; we weren't prepared to, you know, start like interviewing people across the world and you know whatever. Like, we, it just wasn't in our vision at that point. And so it was, it was scary. It was uncertain. We didn't know what we were doing. So it was kind of like putting the car together as you're driving it. Um, was yeah. <laughs> was our experience? Such and hope- a good analogy. <laughs> like, yes. Hoping for the best. Um, but it's the fear of the unknown, and then you're, you're also you're putting yourself out there. So that's you. It's your voice. It's it's your thoughts that are it, you're conveying to people. And it's like, what if I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about? What if, even though right. I, you know you might have decades year, of years of experience around your topic, it's like, well, who am I to talk about this? You know. And so all of these insecurities start biting at you. So that was, that well, was my experience.
1: Everything that you just shared is. 90% of what I hear from other brand new podcasters, it's the same thing. Everybody has this fear. It's that imposter syndrome, right? That mm-hmm. loves to like, like, knock on your door and be like, hey, I'm here. And by the way, you're not good enough. Right. And it's like, you just have to squash that voice very quickly. And the best way to do that is just to start recording yourself. That's just, This is what I've actually started telling people is like, get your voice memos app on your phone, even if you're just talking about nonsense or you're talking about plans, but start talking to yourself out loud and it actually starts to become more natural. It becomes this thing that you're like, okay, I'm not afraid of my voice. I don't sound stupid. And I actually sound like I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, like, you know, but it does take you a while. Like you said, it's, it's practice and patience. You hit on that earlier. And I'm like, oh, that's such a good word because It's true. You're not going to launch your podcast unless you already have an existing platform that has millions of followers. Mm -hmm. You're not going to see millions of downloads when you put your podcast out there. And I can bet you that you may even launch to a very small group of people. But like you said, you will be so surprised at how everything just kind of expands. And then you go and look in your stats and you're like, I don't even know anybody in that country and mm-hmm. somebody is listening to my podcast. How did this happen? Like and then things just kind of snowball that way and become bigger and bigger and it's just it's so beautiful. It's so amazing. I just love it so
0: much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It really it really is the best. Like, Whenever <laughs> anyone brings up um podcasting, I'm like, "Do it. Let's talk about it. Let's map it out." Um, yes. so okay, so somebody they get the courage, they start their podcast. They launch it, they you know, they pick their platform, you know, they're posting it on social, whatever. But like you said, you you launch probably to a very small audience. So what do you tell people as far as how to expand that audience or to market their podcast? Yeah, this is such a great question. And you know, I am, like I
1: said, a huge podcast nerd. So I listen to other podcasts about growing your show and expanding your audience. And the number one thing that everybody always says is guesting on other podcasts. Mm-hmm. This, like, what I'm doing right now, like, we're sitting here chatting. This is getting people introduced to who I am. And someone may listen to the show and say, hey, that Crystal chick, like, she's kind of funny. She's a little silly. Uh, maybe I want to go listen to her show. Or someone's going to say, dear God, please make this conversation <laughs> stop as soon as possible. I can't handle this anymore. And that's okay. I'm totally fine either way. But getting on other people's platform and getting in front of them and letting them know what your podcast has to offer. And I like to think of it as you going in to serve an audience, not expecting anything else in return. Because I've been doing this and I've had a thousand bad pitches where people are like, okay, I want to come on your show and I want to talk about this because I'm amazing and my products are amazing and this and that, but they've never once mentioned what kind of value they could add to my audience or how they could offer to help them get through something or overcome an obstacle. And I think that if you just go in with the mindset of, okay, even if I don't get a single listener out of this, I'm still going come, like, to come with my A game and offer as much value as I can, and I'm gonna try to do that as often as possible. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I don't have time, right? We're all so strapped for extra time, especially this year when we've all been either thrust into being a homeschool parent or our spouses are suddenly working at home as well, and you're like, I don't know how to make all this happen. But I would suggest if you are going to launch your podcast, let's say someone's listening and they're like, I think I'm gonna launch my show in January. What I would do is from today until January 1, whenever your podcast launches, I would try to get on at least four or five podcasts to talk about your topic because it's going to get you more comfortable and it's like you're borrowing someone else's stage anyway. You're like, okay, if I'm gonna go on there, I'm gonna tell them, you know, I'm gonna feel a little bit more comfortable because I don't have to do the interview. Someone else is doing it. And it will just get the word out there that much faster. Okay.
0: Yeah. No, I really, really like that. And I love how you kind of walked us through, like, really how to pitch yourself. Because you're right. Like, you have to correlate what you're bringing to the table. Because I get the same. I'll get these random pitches. I got one the other week where they didn't change the name of our podcast. (sighs) So (laughs) in the subject line, it was correct. And then within the body of the email, they said some other podcast name and i'm like "Mm, (laughs) sorry (laughs) like (laughs) i have two other friends
1: and we've talked we'll go back and forth we're like friends on voxer and we'll go back and forth and we'll say listen to this and i will read them this pitch that was awful and i i've gotten them a lot more lately and i think it's because people hear this like oh i need to pitch myself to other podcasts but if this is your strategy, you can't be lazy about it. Mm-hmm. It's not a copy and paste, like I'm just gonna send it to you know, the top 50 shows in my category and then cross my fingers. You've got to do your research and really find shows that your ideal listener, the people that you want to transition over to your podcast, find shows that already have them. Don't Mm -hmm. just go hunting and pecking and say, oh, I got on this podcast that has millions of listeners because if they're not your ideal listener, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I would rather see you get on a smaller, more niche podcast And have people say, dang, I can't wait to hear what Erin has to say again. Like, I'm going to go listen to her show because she added so much value. She changed my life. She just helped me save money, helped me save time, whatever it is. But you want to have something that's very tangible that the audience will walk away and say,
0: that was so good. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's just all about being genuine from the start. Genuine with your pitch. Genuine when you're on the show. Genuine after the show. Like, how can you serve? So Um, no, that's really huge. And as you kind of been growing your own business, is there, like, I always love to ask this question because I, I just feel like if we all kind of, uh, highlight like a, a process or a tool that's kind of like helped our business growth, we're just helping each other out. So, you know, in your journey, has there been that like a process like, Oh, when I implemented this, it really helped X, Y, Z, or I use this tool every day. It's awesome for whatever.
1: Uh, Well, I'm gonna answer this in two, two parts, two pieces, because I do have a ton of tools that I would highly recommend. Most of them are free for new podcasters. But I wanna start with, I really think that new podcasters should absolutely focus on how they approach their podcast in baby steps. Like, don't think, okay, like, I gotta do all these things in one day and I have to have it all finished and then just throw it out there. I want you to like ease into it. And the the thing that has made all the difference for me is planning because everyone looks at like a podcast like Jenna Kutcher's or Amy Porterfield's and they're like, okay, that, that's what I want. Can we make that happen? And I'm like, hang on, let's remember. <laughs> They have a full team of people behind them. They have had years of experience, and they have tweaked things over time. And, okay, this is another little—this is how nerdy I am. I've done case studies on people that have rebranded after they've launched. I've done one on Rachel Hollis. I've done one on Amy Porterfield. And I pay attention to the little pieces of the puzzle and the one thing that they've done really well, and this is something that I've implemented with my show, is these awesome calls to action in every single episode. So if anybody's listening and they're like, okay, what's the one thing I need to make sure that I include in every episode? It's a call to action, no matter how big or how small, whether you're selling a product or a service, or you're just asking someone to join a free Facebook group, you have to have a call to action in every single episode. And the reason why is because as business owners, we want our audience engaging with us, even when we're not selling anything. And a simple one that you could also start with is, hey, can you subscribe and leave a review if you really enjoyed this show? That's a very natural one that doesn't feel very natural when you first start. I know some people are like, I don't want to ask. You need to ask. You need to get over it because people won't subscribe and leave a rating and a review if you don't ask. Mm -hmm. So um, that's another, or that's a really important part. But let's go to tools because a lot of people want to know, there's a lot of different softwares and all the things. I started with Audacity. It's a free software. If you have a Mac, you can use GarageBand because again, I like to be very budget-friendly when you're just getting started. But I recently upgraded to, I use Hindenburg Now, which is a paid software solution, and it's my favorite it's my favorite, but I also do this, and I teach this. And so I was willing to invest in having a different kind of software. And then from software, let's go to a scheduling tool. So Aaron, I think you use Calendly as well, don't you? That's right, yep. So this is my favorite thing that I was podcasting, I want to say for about six to eight months before I discovered a scheduling tool that replaced me going back and forth with my guests and emailing. And they were like, oh no, 12 o'clock on Wednesday doesn't work. How about two? And then we just did this whole (laughs) back and forth. And I was like, why didn't I know that this tool existed? So I highly recommend using a calendar solution tool like Calendly, there's Acuity, I'm sure there's a million other ones that I've never even heard of, but do this because it will save you so much time and it actually makes you look a lot more professional with your show and you kinda look like you have your act together. Mm. And there are free solutions if you're like, I can't pay for that right now, there are definitely Affordable options. And then the other tool that I would highly recommend, and Aaron, I don't know what uh, podcast hosting site you use, but I use Buzzsprout. Yeah, we do too. And they have, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So they have a tool that is, it's an additional expense, but if you are doing your own editing, it makes all the difference. And it's called Magic Mastering and it's just so cool. It actually, it helps level your audio. It makes it, it sound just a lot crisper. So even those episodes that I record on my phone, I don't worry about them sounding like total garbage because the what this tool does is just takes it to the peak volume, and I can get on to all the techie stuff, but it just makes it sound a lot better, and it doesn't sound like I recorded it on my phone once it goes through that process. So those are some of my favorite tools.
0: I could go on and on about all this. But those are those are my top few. Well, I'm glad to hear that some of your favorite tools are also ones that we use. So yay, yay, flirt, yes. we get a gold star. <laughs> uh, okay. And so when you're talking about calls to action, which by the way, I did not have a call to action at first. Um, if you listen to some of our earlier episodes, I say earlier, you know, three months ago. <laughs> but, yeah. But um, we didn't have one. And I'm like, holy heck, what am I doing? You know? And so we added it, and we just launched a Facebook group, so I need to uh, make mention of that um, as well. But um, also, as a kind of an aside to a call to action, is affiliates. So, what is your stance on that? Like, do you feel like um, people should just start out from day one? You know, with because uh, there's a lot that you could have an be an affiliate for from day one you're not going to make much but it's something so um what is your stance on that start with affiliates from day one work your way into it don't do it at all what do you what do you think
1: So I love, and I haven't always loved talking about podcast monetization, and that was really because there weren't all the tools that there are now. And y'all, this is how fast podcasting is moving. So Erin and I both use Buzzsprout. They actually have monetization built into their platform now that makes it very easy for affiliate marketing to happen on the back end without you having to do anything. So um, there's a few ways to look at it. I would say ask your I'll ask yourself this question, what is my goal with my podcast? If you think that your audience will find it a little off-putting, that you're promoting to them in every episode, then don't do it. Maybe that doesn't work for your audience. But if you have awesome tools and solutions that are like, oh my gosh, my my audience would love ConvertKit, or if I talk to them about StreamYard, which these are platforms that I use on a regular basis, that have really helped me my business. It's, I mean, I am a one-woman show as of right now. I hire contractors from time to time, but I don't have someone that's helping me all the time. So I really rely on solutions and tools, and my audience wants to know what those are. And so I share them all the time. I It's kind of like a call to action. I always have something that is relatable. I don't promote in every episode, but from time to time I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, go check out the show notes. That's where you'll find this. So there are a few different ways to do it, but I'm a huge fan of affiliate marketing, especially if it's just to cover the cost of your hosting site or your email service provider, or if you wanted the pro version of Calendly, like think of it, not as, I'm just trying to make money, and I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to sell to my audience every time. Think about it like, well, if your podcast isn't making you money, it's costing you money,
0: and therefore, it's a hobby and not part of your business. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, no, that's a really great, great way to look at it. And so, in addition to your podcast, so I know that you have, let's talk a little bit about your digital course. So you have Your digital chorus, and then do you do one on one work as well, or is it all through your course? Tell us more about your business side.
1: So I have, um, I do select coaching. I don't do a ton of it because, um, I I just don't really have the time. And because whenever I do a coaching session, I mean, I go all in, like it's, it's a whole process of like, you know, doing pre-assessment surveys and then getting their information and agendas and all the things. So I don't love one-on-one coaching with a ton of people. I've kind of shifted to, I actually have a membership. So it's a group coaching aspect and it's called the potty people, just like the (laughs) potty. Potty Report. Like, that's really why I created the Potty Report, was to show members of the Potty People, like, they see everything behind the scenes of my daily podcast. I show them everything. And then my course, Profit Podcasting, is for people that just want to know everything like they just want a guidebook to take them like okay you do this and then you do this and then you do this part but it's a lot more about like there are some technical things and tutorial videos but it's really more about the content because like I said earlier once you figure out your equipment and you know how to use it it's usually not an issue like do you find yourself Aaron, like where you have to figure out your equipment every time you sit down it's probably a more natural process now, right, right exactly yeah I mean, so it's like once you get that figure, everybody stresses about it, though. They're like, oh my, my, I I have to do this. I have to make sure I have this figured out. But if you don't know what you're going to talk about, there's a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. So I like to focus on figuring out your content, what you need to talk about, what your audience wants to hear. And then from there, we go a little into... Podcast monetization and all the things. So yeah, that's that's my course and my membership. And I actually have a book coming out, oh. and I'm really excited. I don't know when this episode is going to air, but I have uh, start a binge worthy podcast. Is my brand new book, and it comes out on October twentieth, twenty twenty. So I'm super Very excited cool. about it. Congratulations!
0: Oh, that's yeah, really thank exciting. You so much that up that's amazing yay okay awesome no it's so good i wanted everyone to know like all your different resources um so obviously you have a lot going on (laughs) so what is there anything like in your daily routine or weekly routine or what have you that you've kind of baked in to kind of like fuel yourself and keep you going
1: yes absolutely so uh as i mentioned earlier i started journaling and writing i still do that every single day i write for a few minutes and I have like a gratitude practice and a devotional that I do. It's about 30 minutes every morning and I get up at 5 a.m. and I have gotten up at 5 a.m., hang on. I got up at like 5.15 during COVID. I let myself (laughs) sleep in a little bit, but I, I stuck to it. I said, you know what? The, the world may, go, may be going to hell in a handbasket, but I'm still gonna get up in the morning and see if I can't try to make a difference somehow and just keep serving the people that were already there and relying on me. And journaling has really helped me just, I don't know, like I, I tap into this creative side of me that Just I can't find anywhere else, and here's just because we both have uh, online marketing businesses. I had to I shared this story the other day, but I still write most of my emails uh, first as a handwritten note letter in my journal, and then I transfer it to my email (laughs) service provider. And somebody was like, "What are you even talking about? (laughs) That's like what cave people do." And I'm like, "What is? I don't know. It's just. It's like it's the creative thing. It's like." Words just flow out of me a lot easier Mm -hmm. whenever I do that. Mm -hmm. So journaling, I mean, I write about my fears, my goals, my dreams, like all the things, and it just helps me not have it all jumbled up in my head and I can think clearer for the day. So if anybody's looking for a self-care practice or something to help them be more focused during the day in their business and in their personal life, I highly recommend journaling.
0: Yeah, I think it definitely helps you to be more intentional in starting your day from a very grounded point instead of just like kind of like ah, what am I, what am I going to do with my day today? Yes, super smart. Yes. Um, okay, so as we look forward, what goals, and visions, do you have for your business? So I know the book is coming out, super exciting. Um, do you have any kind of other things that you have going on that you're looking forward to?
1: I'm actually going to be simplifying a lot. Um, I have loved my membership and everything that I've been doing. But I think like as of right now, it's and for the rest of 2020, it's open to anybody that wants to start a podcast. But in 2021, I'm actually going to put it on the back end of my course because it's going to make it where people that have gone through my course know my values. They know my principles. They know what I'm all about. And so I want to make sure that the people that are in my membership as well have those same values and principles and understanding because- I didn't know what I was doing when I launched my membership. I just knew that I wanted to offer something that was a lower, more affordable price point for my audience in the time of COVID. And it's what worked. And I love it so much. It's so fantastic. I love the group coaching. But at the same time, I've had people that join and then they're like, oh, this isn't for me. Like, I, I don't agree with some of this stuff and some of this content. And so, as a learning experience as an entrepreneur, I realized, okay, this needs to be on the back end of my course instead of the front end. So that's something I'm looking forward to. And it will actually help me simplify some of the content that I create on a monthly basis for my membership and the course.
0: And I'm really looking forward to that. So. Oh yeah, that's so great because then at least, you know, everyone that's coming into your membership, they're coming in on the same page, you know, instead yes. of kind of like, okay, well, then you have this background. You've tried this. You've done that. You know, it's kind of yes. like, okay, now we can be super productive. And this is kind of a jumping off point to go further. Yes. No, that's great. Um, okay. So where can people find you online? I am at
1: crystalprofit.com is my website. And then anywhere on social media at tx, like Texas. And come hang out with me. Come, come listen to all the things. If you enjoyed this silliness my shenanigans then you know you will love my podcast because I do I share all the things and I've actually gotten to you asked earlier you know have you tried anything new in the time of covid I've actually started sharing more internal thoughts that can sound a little scary but it's <laughs> like I'll tell people as soon as I hit record I'm like oh I was just looking at silly memes on Google and I found this one and I'll tell them about it and it, it's just the most ridiculous thing but I'm like why not just be honest with my people and just tell them all of the things about me because this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm just such a big believer in showing up authentically and being yourself because it just makes it that much more fun. And it's a lot easier. It's not as stressful if you're just trying to be yourself as it is whenever you're trying to be either something that you're not or something that you want everybody to think you are. Mm -hmm. So those... Those are my principles.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. It's, a, it's such a great way to look at things, which you're right. It just takes the stress out, right out of the equation. Um, OK, so speaking of shenanigans, our last question that we ask of everybody who is a guest, as you know, we're music heads over here. So we want to know, if you could only listen to one music artist for the rest of your life, who would it be?
1: Oh, no. <laughs> I was not prepared for this question. <laughs> oh, no. One artist or one genre? Artist. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. So I just gotta go with my gut, and it's Alanis Morissette. And I'm just like, I haven't listened to her in forever until recently. And I'm just like, I still know every single word from Jagged Little Pill, and I could <laughs> I could just listen to it on repeat for the rest of my life and I'd be okay with it. I'd be
0: okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That's right. Well, it's so funny because like I had this similar thing where like lately I've been like, I, I need to listen to like 90s Alternative. Yes. <laughs> like what? I haven't listened to that in like 10 years.
1: Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's amazing, but it's so good. Like I'm like, okay, these are like the quote unquote
0: oldies now, yes. but I'm like, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I don't even care. I know. <laughs> It was like someone was mentioning that something was retro now, and I can't remember what it was. And I'm like, oh, God, that's retro. Okay.
1: are <laughs> like, oh, Perfect. we've hit that stage in our lives oh. where we're like, okay, our childhoods are retro, yeah. and we're just
0: mm-hmm. whatever. It we'll nin- just keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> I know. It was like Nintendo, like, oh, Nintendo's so retro. And I'm like, Oh, oh my gosh, hang on. I do have to tell you a quick story real yeah. fast because my kids
1: have a Nintendo Switch. I don't know if your yeah. kids do, mm-hmm. but— we found out, like my husband, I feel like we tapped into this like magical thing. And it's, if you have the online version of Nintendo Switch, you can get all the old games. Mm. They had Super Mario World and I about died. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I played with my brothers and my cousins growing up. So Uh I started playing with my boys. And I was like, y'all are going down. You don't even know. I know know all the secret boxes. Uh. I know where where Yoshi is. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, when we so, play, yes. like, yeah, love the early Super Mario Brothers, I'm like, I, I know all the warp zones. <laughs> like, yes! <laughs> this is happening, okay? <laughs> oh, I love it. You're my people, Aaron. You are absolutely my people. So I love awesome. this. <laughs> it's like you're going down, okay? I know yes. where that star is, and I'm going to use it. Yes! <laughs> so awesome. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. This was so much fun. I wish we had, like, two more hours. I know. Thank you so much for having me. I will come back happily anytime. This was so much fun, Erin. That would be amazing. And then hopefully at some point we can, um, you know, unite in person. (laughs) So whether it's in Texas or we're at his conference somewhere, um, I'm looking forward to it. So awesome. Thank you so much for having me.